Yeah, here. We're fine. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Get In The Garage. I am Mike here, as always, with Luke and Jeffrey. What's up? What's going on, guys? Hi. Welcome. We're doing an evening recording sesh, which we don't normally do, so it's nice. Nice ambiance with the twinkly lights in the sun porch. Ambience. Nice ambiance. Very nice. Ambiance. We have a couple things we wanted to run through for this episode. The main topic we'll get to in a little bit, but we wanted to start off with... We lost uh, a drumroll, please. We well, we lost. No. A, <laughs> yes, rest in peace <laughs> to Lee Scratch Perry, who passed away yesterday. Yes, I believe so. Yes, yeah. the 29th of August, born March 20th, 1936. Old man, 85 years old. Credited, and he, and he with, looked 85 years old 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he looked 85 in 1970. <laughs> I loved his look, though. He was like rocking that George Clinton, yeah, like right, multicolor right. Yep. facial hair and like <laughs> the best. Uh, yeah, so um, you know, I mean, he passed away, but I mean, his musical contribution kind of goes without saying. One of the architects of reggae, as we know it, and yeah, for sure, with his group, the uh, the Upsetters, Upsetters. But he also did uh, studio work for Bob Marley, Beastie Boys, Paul McCartney, Junior Marvin, The Clash. Clash. The Clash, yep. Heart Up, The Orb, the list goes on and on. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, is credited with kind of like the founding of Dub. Oh, yeah. He's the Dub guy. He's the Dub yeah. guy. Absolutely. Um, so, yes. <clears throat> also produced some Bob Marley, early yes. Oilers. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, As studio, very famous, the Black Ark uh, in Jamaica. And... Uh, yeah, you can watch videos of them like cutting records, and it's pretty cool because they'll be recording, and he's like dancing in the control room, which isn't even separate room from the where the musicians are. And you can see other guys on the side like smashing vinyl, and then like melting it down, and actually like pressing their own records. And yeah, stuff. it's dope. <laughs> yeah, I forget who it was on Instagram that when he passed, somebody had had shared. I think it's that terribly awesome covers. Uh, okay, Instagram yeah. page. Uh, oh yeah, that one. Him in the in the studio when he's like yeah. talking to the bass player. Right. Dust to digital too. Did a lot of posts about him. Some uh some of his some like uh, the greatest fattest bass tone of that era too. Like yeah, really was wubby. Yeah, de- so ahead of his era. Yeah, which is interesting because a lot of that was on a jazz bass, not a P bass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So interesting tone to get out of a jazz bass. Yeah, but you're using you're using analog mixers. That are like fifth hand and yeah, right. you know, all the EQs are probably all jacked up on it and yeah, yeah. He was like, but it made for a fantastic sound. Yeah, he heard things in his head that like nobody else. Heard. Yeah, and I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, like if you even like do like dub music, it's just kind of like you know that that his style. So yep. you know, it's it's yeah. very interesting how somebody was like so influential in the uh, in the happening of it. Yeah. yeah. I uh, it gave me the opportunity to listen to one of my favorite records that he was involved in. Uh, it's called Super Ape, and that's technically by the Upsetters, but it was by like all a bunch of studio musicians that he knew. And he was the arranger and producer and main songwriter of that project. And 
a couple years after they did Super Ape, they did um, Return of the Super Ape. And it's like great, like hand-drawn album covers of like a giant gorilla looking like Godzilla, like smashing cities. Yeah. It's a great album cover. Really, and really like ex- very extensive album. It's uh, so many tracks. It's like 20 tracks or something. Also like uh, that like that Bob Marley tune that's like actually I see on like TikTok all the time, Sun is Shining. Oh, yeah. Also his work. Uh, the album Soul Rebels. I love that mm. Bob Marley record. It's uh, got uh, the t- uh, Temptations like Cloud Nine. Oh, sure. Uh, cover on it that I really, really love, mm. and I drove Mike absolutely crazy with one summer. Mm. Uh, it's kind of... <laughs> Good Lord. I'm trying to, like, I'm, I have his discography in front of me, and I'm trying oh, to count. Oh, it's like 700 albums. <laughs> it's, yeah. Dude, just what's listed here, yeah. at least, I stopped counting at about 60. He did, like, 40 albums a, a year. <laughs> like, of some variation of projects that he was yeah. working on. He was like he was Crazy. the dude who was in the studio twelve hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, he came to my Incredible. attention strangely, uh, m- you know, maybe fifteen years ago when, right after the turn of the millennium, Rolling Stone started making their like five hundred greatest albums and greatest debuts and blah blah. They had the series that was a hundred greatest like artists, and it would be a different artist writing a little piece about each artist that yep. was it. and that lee scratch that. perry was like in you know the 70s or whatever on that list and i i saw the hand-drawn picture of him I'm like who the fuck is lee scratch perry yeah so i like went down the rabbit hole at that point yeah. i loved that series of like greatest artists of all time where yeah. they had like a lot of the time it was you know like the direct influence of that artist like writing about why they liked that person so much yeah um like, I want to uh, look up who wrote his. I hope it was Shaggy. Little Richard. <laughs> it was I, re- I remember Little <laughs> Richard wrote his own, <laughs> oh, nice. which was hilarious. Who did? I think Little Richard wrote his own. Did he? <laughs> yeah, where he was like, I'm and it was better all than... Like, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I think it was like, I'm, I know, he's like, the Beatles started with me, the Stones start with me, but they ate me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, that's dope. And he's like, and they're going to be number one on this list? And he's like, and I'm not. And he's like, and that's some shit. It Little was, Richard. I remember it was it was in those words, not those. Exact yeah, words. yeah, that's not your. Yeah, right. Your, what's the word? Paraphrasing. Pa- Is that the right word? Parasailing. 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 Parasailing through phrases. Phrase sailing. Uh, it's too much now. Yeah, we've gone too far. Uh, Jeff, have you found who? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm oh. Looking. <laughs> kill, kill time. Uh, Kill time. So, uh, so. If we're talking about Lee Scratch Perry. The first time I was introduced to uh, him was through the Clash and Santanista and all the weird uh, like dub remixes on that record. Um, triple album set is quite a um. Like by the time you get through like all those dubs in there, you're like, oh, what is? It's a long album, and yeah. that's how I kind of started looking up who he was. And then I was like, oh, okay, like that Bob Marley tune was produced. Okay, and then yeah, you know, I I found him via. Bob Marley. Yeah. That was my, yeah, Very I heard about him. I always, I also, like, thought it was interesting, too, that, like, the Whalers went through, like, all, like, great producers of Jamaica. They, like, went through all of them. Like, um, they started with, uh, like, Tough Con and uh, Leslie Gore, that guy's name, I think. And then they went to, like, sure. Lee Scratch Perry after that, and then they kept, like, moving on, but. Yeah. Who did they record? They, they uh, Exodus was what? That was Abbey that, Road? That's way later. That, uh, yeah, I know that was way later, but like just speaking to like, who, like you know, like the, the the quantities of 
places where you know Bob Marley and the Whalers recorded. Yeah. And producers that they recorded with. Uh, I have no idea who produced that, but uh, yeah, I don't know either. Can't find it, Jeffrey. Oh, I'm finding it. In a second. <laughs> well, let me let me try and the see. Takes a minute. Yeah, let me try and see who produced uh, Exodus. Released 1977. Producer. Oh, Bob Marley and the Whalers. Produced by Bob Marley and the Whalers. Uh-huh. Whalers. It was on Tough Gong, but it was recorded. Oh no, it was recorded in on Jamaica and yeah, Island Studios in London, La- London. Yeah. We got Jeffrey. We got. I don't know, man. It's taking oh, fucking no. forever. Just, <laughs> just cut this out of the recording. We'll, we'll let it. I mean, you know, we'll let it roll. This is the content that people really eat up. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think you might do some e- heavy editing here. No, no editing. We'll just let it roll. Oh we'll do God. it live. Do it live. I'm not finding it. That's okay. I tried. Uh, so moving on from Lee Scratch Perry, then uh, R.I.P. to Charlie Watts, drummer Charlie. for the Rolling Stones. He passed away on August. 24th of this year mm-hmm. um, and it was interesting I read an interview with him and he was talking about like touring and stuff and he absolutely hated touring but he like, still did just, it yeah he still oh. did it yeah he still did it but yeah and from what I understand too he was the he was the straightest one of the of the bunch like married kind of like didn't really not a partier yeah not a partier not really heavy into the uh, barbiturates no uh <laughs> Charlie Watts was like the grown up in the band. Um, I would say like the, all the other Stones, they wanted him in the band because he was like the most had his stuff together. Yeah. Um, Charlie Watts is like primarily jazz drummer mm-hmm. um, that plays in the rock and roll blues medium. Yeah. Um, and I feel like uh, yeah, it was. He's like one of the biggest part of the Stones sound. I feel and why the Rolling Stones are the Rolling Stones. Um, yeah, and he's uh. I don't think he he's replaceable. I think he's, like, one of those things that, um, like, if you're talking about, like, what makes the Stones great, it's their feel, and the feel is all based on time yeah. or, you know, lack thereof, good time. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, the slosh of it all, and that's what I think made him a great drummer, even though he's not a John Bonham or Keith Moon of the world, like, powerful and yeah. in your face about it. Well, that's kind of, like... The topic that we wanted to cover for this episode was we're kind of going to talk about like the late 60s, early 70s drummers. And that idea kind of came from the fact that, you know, yes, Charlie Watts just passed. And when it comes to the conversation, you get Ginger Baker, you get John Bonham, you get Keith Moon. But I feel like like Charlie Watts is one of those that kind of gets left by the wayside a little bit in the way that like it's not. You know what I'm trying to say? Like if there was a if there was a Mount Rushmore, would Charlie Watts be on the you know what I'm trying to say? Of the the great drummers of that time. I mean, he'd be on mine, but Yeah, he was just simple. Well, right, right. Simple, steady, kept the groove. Cuz everything else guitar-wise was a little like loosey-goosey and Mick Jagger was doing his own thing and yeah. you just need someone to do Yeah, just hold it down. Yeah. Also, like if we're talking about, you know, why Charlie Watts is different from a lot of drummers too. Um, his uh, hi hat hand really isn't heavy at all. It's pretty loose. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't hit a lot of the times that he's hitting the snare drum. Yeah, he like popularized that. Yep. Um. So like that's another like strange thing he does. Um. His sense of rhythm is just is super weird. Um. Yeah. And it's really liquidy, unlike Midnight Rambler. 
off of like get your yayas out it's got like a lot of weird like things in it where the time just like changes on the dime and it's just like bam new groove and it like you kind of it's jarring but you don't even you just go right into the next one because it's so yeah. solidly right in um i don't know i really like him i also like his um like 80s china symbol like she's so cold kind of thing I don't, I don't know. think I've ever listened to 80s Rolling Stones. What? Dude, She's So Cold is a jam. <laughs> I'm so hot for her. She's so cold. I'm the burning bush. I'm the burning fire. And it's got like that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Charlie Watts really is one of my favorite drummers. Uh, like Get Off My Cloud, Um, you know, just the. Oh, I forget what I was listening to. I was listening to a live cut on um on Spotify. Uh, and in the opening, I think Mick Jagger's like, Charlie's playing good tonight, huh? Like, he says something like that, you know? It's so good, like... That, uh, get your yayas out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, rest in peace to Charlie Watts and uh, to sort of segue into the topic of conversation, which is sort of a roundtable slash head-to-head slash countdown, whatever you want to call it, mishmash of our favorite... <laughs> our favorite 60s I'm and 70s call it a drummers. Stew. A stew. Smorgasbord? A smorgasbord. Cornucopia. Oh, Ooh, yes. Yes, very nice. Um, so, you know, obviously, you, you know, these conversations can't be had and not mention the obvious drummers, which were already named a few seconds ago. Why, like, Why don't we each name one and then we'll pass it around? Okay, so well, I'll start. Yeah, uh, Ginger Baker. Boo! Boo! Most overrated drummer of all time. Well, maybe, maybe. I don't know, though. Dude, he's always in, like, everyone's list of, like, the best three drummers ever. And I'm just like, yeah, he's fine. I like Ginger Baker. Um, fine. But too, he's, he, I don't, like, see, I like Ginger Baker, but, like, as a drum, I don't play like Ginger Baker. He's so Tommy, like, Tom Phil. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm more Two like bass a. drums. And he I'm, had, like, a four-year career. I'm like a groovy yeah. hi-hat guy. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that, well, it's the that, cream. You know, the cream, I think, is the is the reason why. Yeah, but also, like. You know, I, he put blind faith. I'll, 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 I'll devil's advocate on. I'll, I'll talk shit on Ginger <laughs> Baker. I'll talk shit. Fuck his, that crusty old motherfucker. His style sucks. I'll send you right to fucking hospital. Because <laughs> he kind of only does one thing. Right. Right? He does, like, one thing. It's like tribal jazz music. And not yeah, for nothing, does. just as a sidebar. An enormous piece of shit, <laughs> like just a terrible, terrible human being yeah. to his friends and his family, and just like yeah. not that that's relevant because we're talking about like music and stuff like that. But like, let's be real, man. Just watch that Beware Mr. Baker documentary, and you're like, oh his yeah, he like, is I always want to be a drummer. Person. I just wanted to impress my dad, and his dad would be like, oh, he plays drums like shit. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like you're a fucking douche. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. Sunshine of Your Love, though, great, great track. Yeah. I also yes. love uh, I Feel Free. It's got that weird like. Really jazzy hi hat thing in it. Yeah, in the he's on the list. But he's on for the me, list. You know, I don't even think he can make the top ten for me. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I, why don't you let let me pass the ball, Jeffrey? How about to you? Well, are you gonna go get go I ahead mean, and name one? The other one, he's always in the top. You know, top of the list, John Bonham. Great power Bonzo. drummer. Yeah, power um, drummer, finesse, feel, pocket, groove, speed, everything. Yeah, I Play mean, he, to the song. Realistically, you know, obviously John Paul Jones, but John Bonham is the is the anchor. He's the one that makes. He's the reason. I think that he's the reason why Zeppelin. I feel him like, and you know the uh, rhythm section, anyway, is the reason why Zeppelin's so good. I feel like he's the complete opposite of a Charlie Watts, right? I mean, yeah, it's, yeah I feel like he's complete opposite. Like, you well, know what he's, I mean, he's big, loud, hard power. 
even so though he's like his hi-hat is so like the thing very yeah. tricky yeah. you know what i mean lots, Just of so... go- lots of ghost notes and yep yeah. yeah i'd say like kind of the straight opposite yeah yeah he's uh yeah a little bit of everything yeah he's the one for me at least see if we're talking like my favorite drummer all the time I go. I this. I like sloppy drummers. So that sloppy, but like liquidy. Yeah. Keith Moon. Yeah, is my go. favorite. There it he's is. Super. Keith Moon was the first drummer I ever like. Was like, what the fuck? Like blew my mind, kind of shit. Yeah. Um. I like how he doesn't play like anybody else. Still, nobody plays like him. Um. I like how he's sloppy, but like in in time to the song. Yeah. Um. Orchestral. Uh, it's interesting that you say that because, like, if you sit back right and you think about it, you know, it's just like everything else, right? Like guitar players emulate other guitar players and famous, you know, whatever. Uh, you're right, though. Like nobody really does the Keith Moon thing. I, I don't. Who, who's who's what doing the Keith Moon thing? Would go on stage without a hi hat. Well, I think that's that part is, of it. It is part of it, but like, like his sound was because he was fucking bonkers and he was yeah. shit faced and he's just like. But still, yeah. on on a good night. <laughs> So solid, yeah. So right, solid, right. and that's what I really enjoy about yeah, it. Also, busy, busy drummer, no drum solos. That's also what I love about Keith. Because the entire fucking the whole song is drum solo. I was about to say, <laughs> he doesn't need doing, a drum solo. He's doing fills when there's no need for he's them. Like, is there a half a second where nothing else is happening? All right, let me yeah. put six tuplets in here. Yeah. Um, if um, you listen yeah. to obviously like the most popular album, Who's Next? Yeah. Uh, Bargain. Where he's doing yeah. the at the end, he's doing like the double bass, the duh, 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 duh. he's just like rolling and doing like triplet rolls on the toms while he's doing double bass. Um, it's like one of my favorite things he does. I'm more appreciative appreciative of his recorded playing than of his live because live there's too much push and pull. Like he'd come out of a fill and you're like, whoa, now we're like fucking six clicks faster. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I, I like both, and I, could, I like both for different reasons, but, like, on Who's Next, like, mm-hmm. it's all in time because there's, mm-hmm. like, synth-keeping rhythm. Mm-hmm. His fills are more in. He's using a hi-hat on Who's Next as well. Like, on uh, Won't Get Fuck Fooled. Fuck hi-hats. Yeah. On You Won't Get Fooled Again, Fuck super hi-hats. tight. You know, Um. but, yeah. When when did he die? Was it basically 1978? 1978. Uh, he was 32. He's my age. Crazy. Burn out fast, man. John yeah. Bonham, same thing. I think it, he was 32 or 33. Burn out, but then also a case of like drummer is so integral to the sound of the band that like pretty much you can never, yeah. you know, really like make like a statement. Like, you know what I mean? Same yeah, with, same with only, Zeppelin. There's only one. Yeah, there's only one of them. Even like I would. I mean, Jason Bonham can, can you know, he does it a bit of justice. He's cool. You know? It's He's cool, cool live. But like yeah. you're going to go in the studio and like create like a. You know what I mean? Like almost every drum beat he did is iconic. Like, Side yeah. note: I think the Who's current drummer and for like the last fifteen years, Zach Starkey, Ringo Starr's son. Yes. Oh no way. Yeah. Oh, oh. But you had since like, like his early twenties, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, also used to be uh, babysitter of Keith Moon. Uh, Keith Moon used to true. babysit Zach Starkey when he was a kid. Uh, and uh, oh no, really? Yeah, shame. Who on would th- trust their children <laughs> with Keith Moon? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> The let baby me, was babysitting him. Let me yeah, tell you, right, right. Ringo's all peace and love now, but Ringo was drunk Maniac. and on 
so many yeah. just quaaludes. <laughs> just quaaludes. There, there's a great like clip of like uh it's not great it's actually pretty sad of uh harry nielsen and uh ringo star just so drunk oh, yeah. it's, it's, oh it's bad well on to another segue then if we're talking in, in the conversation yeah. then if, you know you have to talk about ringo i love i love ringo. i love ringo too man i melodic I, drummer just great solid I love the early sloshy hi-hat. Yes. Big beat. And him, like, flipping his hair around <laughs> when he's playing. Yeah, man. That sloshy like hi-hat. Like Stumpy Pete. Stumpy Joe, Stump, Stumpy Joe Peeps. Oh, man. You of, know what I want. It's a fra- flash of green light. It was a little good <laughs> globule. <laughs> oh, maybe you don't. <laughs> yeah, just... Uh, what Filled when he needed to, when, he, when it made sense for the song... Everything was yeah. so melodic and just so memorable. Never just like do never being busy to be busy. Always had yeah. a purpose. Serve the song. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and uh like I, I mean, love you listen his, to... his bass drum is so groovy. Yeah. That's what I love. Like he's just always like in some just, kind of great groove. I love the sound of his drums. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that like the come together Evol- like evolution of Right. Yeah, you the know, later, like the later stuff. The yeah, because yeah, it's all like super damp and just plotted out and like uh, low tuned everything. Yeah, so oh, good. The fills on um that song you were come just, together uh, come together. Yeah, it's so like plot. Like, it's all oh, so good. And a left-handed drummer who played uh, cross hand but led his fills with his left hand. Uh, right. Yeah. So everything kind of had this hitch in it. Like uh, drive the fills and uh, drive my car. Yeah. You know, like the you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Even you, when you watch him play, it's you're like, so oh, slightly... oh, wait, he leads, he leads with the left. So it's yeah, like no, you said, everything's yeah. just if it, it's like no drum rolls either. The accents on yeah. like the opposite thing that you expect. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like is yeah, very weird, unorthodox. Even um, ticket to ride. Yeah, like bop, boom, boom, bop. You know the boom, boom, boom on mm-hmm. the toms. So, ugh, just so influential. So serving the song, doing different things to keep a drum beat. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone I'll bring up. So this is the guy I bring up when people are like, "Oh, psychedelic rock," and it has such jazz roots and like it was cool. And oh, that's why we love Ginger Baker. That's why I like Mitch Mitchell. Mitch Mitchell is the first yeah, rock the drummer guy. that I really fell in love with, and. Uh, another guy, very short career, because he really only played on the Jimi Hendrix stuff and then didn't really do anything after that. Yeah. Um, so very brief career, but very prolific in that four-ish years of time. Um, and he was more my style. Like, everything was kind of a lighter, faster, less of that tribally type of thing and more of just this, like, like yeah blazing around the around the kit yeah um, so quick yeah. his role like he would start rolling and just roll on every yeah. on every and he would lead heavy heavy when the thing about jazz is is it's not it's not just it's like that's the thing driving is the ride and yeah and all of his bell hits are so nice yeah love that uh it like um i mean i know we're talking like really famous songs but the drum beat to fire is so so you know yeah I, oh yeah, those rolls. It stands, it, well, even just that's the, an icon. Even the drum beat, like you right. know, the yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, even the yeah, you know, in the back into the verse. just every part of it is so integral to like the whole the whole song. Like another great 
great, great drummer. Yeah, and, and just uh, even on like a uh, manic, super like, jazzy. Yes, yeah, so on like a uh, manic depression. Yeah, on uh, the first record. <laughs> so <laughs> got that swing in it. Yeah, yeah. That was a yeah. good one. I that was a good one. I was thinking about that one he, today. He's like, yeah, me too. Yeah, he was the first rock drummer that I, I like just played shit on repeat and just like studied and just thought like, man. I wish that my hands would move that fast. <laughs> I'm I'm always like I wish I could hold my like snare hand in like the jazz. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, that's what they jazz uh, you did. I yeah. can't. I just can't. Yeah, do it's it. tough. It's so, it's so tough. tough. And then you angle the snare like backwards at you. Right. Yeah. So you could just so get... it's like coming down at your crotch. Yeah. Uh, so if we're going to speak of uh that style of holding your drumsticks jazzy uh about the same time period, Levon Helm. Um, oh sure. yes, that's one I was thinking about today because there were like six great like sixties drummers. I think I was trying to think of like people that change sounds. Like Levon yeah. is so another drummer that like completely threw up everybody's drum game. Yeah. His snare hand is so, mm. you know, on the on the beat in the pocket. He's always yeah. coming up with weird hi hat patterns to play. Um, uh, like everything on the first album is pretty mm. out there sounding and like almost psychedelic in a lot of ways, but completely not in every other way. Yeah. Um, I just, I really, really love it. like country love funky. Yeah, country yeah. country funk. He like, yeah. yeah, man. He's the one, out of any other drummer, I think he's the one who's the d- most deeply indebted to the style of Charlie Watts because he also did a lot of leaving off the hi-hat hit while you're hitting the backbeat on the snare. So it kind of would be like, and you just hear the snare isolated by itself. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was such a good point, man. Like, like, cause I, I didn't, I never really like put those two drummers together because they kind of play different musics, but you're very, very, very right. Like it's all in that, you know, just, Mm. uh, also like Levon too has this like thing. I don't know. don't know if it's going to come across or make sense, but like, you know, like rockabilly is that like country and you know, mix. I feel like that's how Levon's drums sound because they're like rock and roll, but at the same time they're like super country y and yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, he really like a, you know evokes that whole thing and mm. and his ability to to sing and play drums too at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. let's also talk about that. Like yeah. the, the singing while playing drums is insane. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how anybody does it, and he does it so well. You couldn't even tell. Like he's it's one of those. I mean, I think the only other person that can sing and play drums as well as him would be um susu studio <laughs> phil collins oh, man <laughs> no i was gonna say uh, don, henley. don henley yeah because yeah. don henley can he, you know he does Who stuff like that singing drummers i really thought you were gonna say phil collins man <laughs> we can't afford it we, can't, we cannot afford it very litigious <laughs> who's more litigious him uh, or uh uh, man, Don Henley. Don, Hen- Don Henley. I feel like Don yeah. Henley's way more litigious. Yeah, for sure. He's got a lot more drugs too. Don't stop <laughs> your crying. It'll be uh. alright. <laughs> Tarzan soundtrack, anyone? Oh come on, man! Of course. Um, you got any? Any? I'd like to. I would like to give a shout out to my man. Speaking of like jazzish drummers, like to Mitch Mitchell a little bit. Uh, Bill Ward from Black Sabbath, another yeah. monster drummer who. Uh, I like I think that like when you you know because more recently I say more recently like four years ago but uh, four or five years ago Black Sabbath released 
you know, the newest album. What is it, 13? With, yeah, and it was so produced bad. by uh, Rick Rubin. Yo, how many years ago do you think that came out? <sighs> that was, like, straight up over a decade ago. No, it was not. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it was. was. I think it came out in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. You're, like, three years ago? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, time's a funny thing. Um, <laughs> time's a funny thing. Time's a funny thing, ain't it? Um, yeah. I don't know why I went cockney there. But, but I know what you're... But, gonna... Yeah, but Bill Ward, like, he... Like, that's the thing, is, like, Bill Ward, kind of, like, in the way that, like, Keith Moon contributed to the Who. Uh, Bill Ward just had this like swing up with about him yeah. that you really hear, especially on the first two Sabbath albums, especially the first Sabbath album. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, because I think the drummer they got after the fact was the dude from Rage Against the Machine. Didn't they get his drummer? Yeah, or they were at least touring with him. And I think he recorded. I think he recorded oh, drums really? on the yeah on the thirteen album. Ozzy's drummer played on the tour, and I don't. Uh, he's a drummer for Faith No More. Was a drummer for Faith No More. Uh, Mike Borden. Thank you. And then, um, <laughs> who played on the album was the Rage drummer. The Rage drummer. Which I. Don't he know is the machine. Brad Wilk. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, but Bill Ward. I mean, there's there's no you know there's no question like his his swing was the thing that I think made it so interesting to hear like the early version of metal in that way like the sabbath version of metal because the original metal had swing to it you know because it was like rooted in blues you know i was reading um a book the other day called rock and the pop narcotic and it was describing why like metal can get so like sterile and like really cheap sounding really fast and they're like yeah if you take all the swing out of everything you just get like riffed up Math, or just yeah, and they're like that's straight hits. That's why it can feel kind of soulless. And they were they were describing like all the bands, like early or bands that had more swing in them, even in like modern time, like a like a Danzig even had like more of a like a giddy up hitch. And they were like describing that compared to in even like how Metallica had a lot of like it was off the rails. So that's like the humany feeling. It was very interesting to hear like how if you like kind of take it out, it kind of gets dry and yeah. And the Bill Ward stuff. Not like the Ginger Baker, Mitch Mitchell stuff, because it was his swing was more implied because he wouldn't fill up the bar. He would leave things very open and like the subdivision would be implied. And yeah, Space. he wouldn't just go. It'd be like. Yeah. Spacey drum fills. Also, so such expressive drum fills. Yeah. Like I could sing them to you like. You know. Yeah, especially yeah, like in War Pigs and stuff. That's where he really, you know, he really shines. Um, So yeah, I mean, Bill Ward, the man himself. I love him. Another one from that era who also kind of like started off in that more kind of fuzzed out psychedelic rock, and then kind of bridged into the seventies with more of a hard rock, early metal kind of thing. Ian Pace from Deep Purple. Yes, who was. Very young when he joined that band in you know 1968 when they yeah. started or something and a lefty too Ian Pace lefty like but yeah start out 17 18 and um, his his style evolved over the, those four or five years of their heyday from very open Bill Ward style stuff and kind of like almost like Jefferson Airplane ish drumming mm-hmm. when they had their original singer and then uh, when um, Who's the second singer? Ian Gillen. Ian Gillen. When he came in, they became more driving and more like fast and kind of rudimentary type stuff. Yeah. Um, Like original kind of thrash drummer Mm. too. Like oh, especially like um um fireball. 
Yeah, yeah. Album. yep. Yeah. Fireball, the song Fireball. Yeah. Yes. Speed King's another one. Yep. Yeah. That's a blazer. A lot of yeah. great, like, um, like. Yeah, he yeah. does those crazy hits, and Doubles. it's all, yeah. it, but it's all single. Right, right. Does great, like, blasty, like, Tom fills too. Like, you know, really fast, really in tight, really in line. Also, I love the way he keeps his cymbals. You ever see how he plays? They're like sideways. Yeah, and they're like they're really high. Yeah. When he hits them, it's like I don't know what what it is for me, but like it's it's clicks like something in my like oh that that's very satisfying yeah ian pace i mean we've talked about him we had a deep purple shout out to an early get in the garage episode mm-hmm. on deep purple but uh we i don't think we ever did the final we never did part three of the purple because i mean <laughs> why bother also ian pace <laughs> is the only dude that plays on every yeah. single deep purple record yeah. that and then into pace. white snake right yes he was also yeah. the drummer for white snake the for original uh coverdale yeah when coverdale came in yeah yeah, yeah, I very much, very much enjoy his drumming. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, like Highway Star at, at, yeah. at the end where yeah. he's doing like all the Tom stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Made in Japan. That's the album to listen to. Just to hear all of them on like maximum octane. Methamphetamines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I was like going through my records and thinking of like yeah. what were like great. Like what did I just love to hear the drums on? Um, the Yes record. Uh, Bill Buford, Bill Bruford, Bruford. Yeah. Okay, that was hard to come yeah. out. Yeah. But um, I feel like his drumming mm-hmm. in like yes, like all the weird off time yeah. uh, accents, the you know the triplet kind of thing, like the um, set, uh, heart to the sunrise, the all that great stuff. Um, I really, I was like, this is one of the drum like records that I love. This is like one of my favorite albums. To listen to the drums on. Did he also play for King Crimson later? I believe on? he did. Early eighties. I think part so. of that classic lineup. I don't think he's on the first, I, but I'm not like a huge like King Crimson. Head. Three of a perfect pair and those type of albums. I think maybe. he is. Yeah. He, he's definitely uh, a King Crimson drummer. I just don't know on what record. He might have been he a is. Zappa drummer too for one or two albums. That sounds I right think to so. me. Yeah. But um, I I Very just jazzy progressive rock and yeah. yes, I really yeah. just know him for like his work and yes and mm. you know that kind of stuff. What but, yes album would that have? Um, he's on fragile? the he's on the yes album. Um, okay. I believe he's also on fragile, but mm. I'm not so sure on that one. But like I wanted to just go through like I was like, what records have like yeah. great drum sounds? That the yes album 1970 is one of he my was big Roto Tom, yes. giant drum set kind of guy. Yeah, and I just like all the like playing in the odd time signatures mm-hmm. but it's almost it played like so well and like not it's not sloppy you could hear every note he's playing so yeah. like if you maybe want to figure it out like you like you can and mm-hmm. like you're like oh okay like I'm spot check it. us on bill bruford yes yeah, so he played on the first five studio albums yes cool. time and a word the yes album fragile and close to the uh-huh. edge he did also play for king crimson uh, he he played on the first album. That's and what I thought, but he, I wasn't sure. He did also contribute oh, to Genesis Court of, as Court well. Of the Crimson King. Yes. See, that's oh, yeah. what Genesis, that's what I that's thought. That's a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, but then he before also before Phil Collins. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Phil Collins joined them in like their third album, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. Nursery crime. Nursery I don't, crime. I don't know if that's a nursery third album. crime against humanity. So. That is, well, that is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nursery crime, foxtrot. Uh, yeah. Oh, good lord. Good um, lord. 
Lord. You'll never hear a Genesis episode from us. When did God create Genesis, and why couldn't he have rested on that day, too? I feel like, was there, didn't you do our prog episode with us? Yes, Jeff yes, was you on did. our prog rock episode, yeah. yeah. Yes, you. Oh. I think we distinctly, definitely talked about how I love Peter Gabriel, and I hate the Peter Gabriel Genesis period, where yeah. they were like, were you Basically, like a giant sunflower? It was like it was like <laughs> it was like experimental Broadway music. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It's so bad. I hate it. I hate it. Just because you so can much. doesn't mean you should. It like it really like I could sit through a lot of nonsense, but that yeah. is some nonsense. That I don't. Maybe if it was live in person, I'd like be able to get something something out of it. Yeah, because on... you'd be on methamphetamine. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, mescaline. Wrong time for you. You're taking greenies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so to move the, the conversation yeah. forward, I want to just shout out to Phil Rudd, who was the drummer for ACDC. Yeah. Uh, he played on Highway Paul to Rudd Hell. Paul Rudd played in Paul, ACDC? Yeah, Paul Rudd. He's a, he looks great. <laughs> Uh, he was on Poweridge. He was on. Uh, he came. Yeah, he left for a little while. Came back for the Razor's Edge album. Is this the guy that murdered somebody? Yeah, yeah, Manslaughter, <laughs> manslaughtered yeah. somebody. Get it right. Oh, this is, it's about the music, but yeah. Uh, on the sixth of November, twenty fourteen, rest was, Rudd was char was arrested and charged with attempting to produce a pr- procure. A murder, threatening to kill, possession of methamphetamine, yeah, and possession tried to of kill cannabis. his ex-wife or something. Oh, he wanted meth. Uh-huh. Well, he was on, I think, meth. He had it anyway. Oh, okay. yeah. He played on Back in Black. Was he on Back in Black? Yeah. It's a very unmethy album, Back in Black. Back he in was Black. definitely well, Back in Black. Or is it yeah. a methy album? And he was most likely on the album before, Highway to Hell. Yeah, yeah Ball likely. Breaker, Stiff Upper Lip, <laughs> Black those Ice, are the bo- Rocker Bust, Power Up. Those are the 2000s. What are you playing in the heyday? Uh, is he on the Razor's Edge? Flick of the Switch. Shit. Razor's Edge. Great that was 91, though. Gr- yeah, yeah, Razor's Edge is great, man. Yeah, but we're talking about 60s, That's a comeback 70s drummers. Yeah, Poweridge. Look at the 70s stuff. Uh, it doesn't say. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what are you going to do? Look at the, just go to ACDC Wikipedia. Oh, t- I did, and there's just an extensive d- uh, list of personnel on, like, band members anyway. I'll find it. Give me a second. Thank you. Yeah. Well, anyway, he did play on Highway to Hell. Yeah, because I think it was... 75 to 83. Okay, so, so High played, Voltage, TNT. Yeah, High Voltage, Jardines, Let There Be Rock, Power Ridge, Highway to Hell. Yeah. Yeah. All the classics. The classics. But he's just the epitome of, like, a meat and potatoes drummer that I like so much that he's just... He just it's Spicy four, meat, man. It's four on the floor. It's just driving forward. It's holding it down the entire time, like not doing anything extra. None of that shit. No. He's like a kill- Charlie Watts on steroids. Right. All like, killer, no filler. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that dude just, he just fucking delivers. You know what I'm saying? He's, he sends it home. He sends it, <laughs> send it home, drummer man. I mean, ACDC is one of those bands. Every part of it is very um, high level, but the underrated part of ACDC is the drumming. Which is just yeah. in a, it sounds like it's just a straight four, and it's such a give and go, and a pocket, and a feel, and a there. It's like straight four, but it feels swung, like because I don't know, just the way it it, it breathes. No, I, I get you. Yeah. It, it's like the riff has like all the all the time to dance around it, so it makes it feel like it's more yeah. Yeah, I've watched lots of videos about trying to emulate his style, and it's it's about like how you're actually doubling up the hi-hat and like the shoulder movement and yeah yeah um no i dig it 
Yeah, let me bring up so, someone. I'm gonna Paul Rudd. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna go a little. <laughs> I'm gonna go a little unorthodox. Um, but I'm gonna talk about the. In my opinion, it's the the three that that really mattered. The drummers for James Brown, um, and that's oh, yeah, Clyde yep. Stubblefield, uh, Jabbo Starks, and Melvin Parker. Parker? That doesn't sound right. It is right. Yeah, that's yeah. I was like, that sounds right. Um, so like Melvin Parker was uh, "I Got You," "I Feel Good," uh, "Pop's Got a Brand New Bag," and then Jabbo and Clyde Stubblefield split time. He had a two drummer lineup for you know, the three years at the end of the 60s, early 70s. Um, and then Jabbo and Clyde played on and off with him through the 70s. And, uh, you know, I don't even need to go into it. Like, the drumming of James Brown is, like, some of the most sampled drumming of all time in hip-hop music for a reason. It's all just, like, Great exact. And it's feel and pocket and just the groove. And it never slips and it never wavers. And yeah. it's just, like, machine. And it's like human machinery. And so present to the drumming. In the way that, like, because I feel like James Brown is one of, like, the epitomes of, like, the band leader. Mm. You know what I mean? And, like, he had such control over his band in that way where it's like, yeah, your eyes better be up, dude. Because yeah. if you miss a cue, you're, you're, well, your pay is getting docked five bucks if you miss a cue. Yeah. You know what I mean? If not more. And then probably a pretty severe tongue lashing from uh, James Brown, the man himself. Yeah. Also, you know? such metronomes, those guys. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. complete, like yeah. complete metronomes. There's no, like, loosey-goosiness yeah, about it. Yeah, there's no it. wavering of Playing the Playing songs tempo. for seven straight minutes. Yeah. The, funk, tricky funk songs for seven straight minutes. The, uh, uh, that um, comp track from the Apollo that's, like, mm. it, I think it's, like, oh, yeah. 20 minutes long. It's, yeah. like, there was a time into cold sweat it's and it's like got interludes in there in between that it's like listening to it nonstop as a drummer i'm like what the hell my arms hurt and i'm not playing yeah and it's cool too because the three of them they have their own distinct styles but you could look up a track and look up the personnel and you could think it's one of them and it could be another one of them but in general like melvin parker did a lot more of the simple orchestral like early funk stuff and then jabbo's stuff was a little bit more snare heavy and Clyde stuff was a little bit more ride heavy but very interchangeable and surprisingly like all very fluid and could all play each other's stuff and, yeah. You know. yeah most of us i.e. comedians treat open mics as a necessary evil but not Silas P every week Silas talks to a veteran of the sights sounds and smells of the Philly open mic scene, sharing stories of momentary triumph and lingering failure with enough shit talk sprinkled in to make you listen to hear your name. I'm like 35% sure that I'm in there. So pay attention, hang out in the room, and maybe you'll learn why you got bumped on the launching pod. Great uh, drummers. I'm going to go with uh, one of Jeff's favorites here from the later 70s, Alex Van Halen. Oh yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like that drum sound he yeah. had and the way he was playing the drums, uh, double bass, mm-hmm. um, just solid. Even that first album, yeah. like was that seventy yeah. seven? It's recorded so well. The drum sound on it is insane. Um, I like all the weird stuff he's doing. To me, it, does, it sounds like he took like kind of like what like a Frank Zappa or mm-hmm. Yes drums would be, and then just like threw them in a completely you know like party rock band yeah. and it worked so well it's when like it, speed swing yeah like when i was a, you know i was yeah. thinking like 
yeah, like records that are Ian Pace-ish. Yeah, like stuff that made me like like want to play the drums when I was a kid. That's definitely one of them. Even if it's like. Even if it's as simple as like running with a devil, just you know. Yeah. But even hot for teacher, man. The beginning. that's we're getting eighties there, but yeah. Well, yeah, but still. His style, though, yeah, it's, yeah, it's taking a lot of those influences, a lot of the Mitch Mitchell, a lot of the Ian Pace, putting it in a blender, and kind of paved the way for guys like Vinnie Paul from Pantera. I'd say like that's the yeah direct. That's the direct. Yeah, I would call that the direct completely. Even even to the. To the, di- the the brother guitar player and brother drummer right. dynamic, too. I mean, Pantera is basically, yeah, just mm-hmm. the crazy, angry Texas version. But, um, but yeah, good choice, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, uh, I'm going to drop. Hell yeah, that band with <laughs> Vinnie Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. Exclamation point. <laughs> My dad definitely bought that CD. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Hell yeah, on Octane Radio. Um, I'm going to go with, with somebody who might be a little bit more under the radar, but we're kind of getting into that sort of, uh, you know, those sort of drummers and stuff. But I'm going to hit you with the Corky Lang, drummer for the band Corky. Mountain. He also oh. played with West Bruce and Lang, which was Jack Bruce. Could we have a more iconic cowbell player? I mean, that's the one. Yeah, the cowbell player of Mississippi yeah. Queen. However, not the drummer f- at Woodstock, right? No. He didn't play at Woodstock. No. Yeah, which is... Yeah, I think he joined Mountain on like their second album. Uh, he's on Mountain yeah. Rising. He's not in the Wesley Wesley West. Leslie Les- uh. Les- oh, Leslie West. Leslie West solo yeah. album. Right, which is titled Mountain. Right. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, just another like another solid drummer. I mean, I he like once once I started like mean like Luke and I heavy heavy into Mountain. We literally have Mountain tattoos. Mm. But um, <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, it's just for me. Uh, obviously the like the cowbell but even you know even when um you know mountain would go into these kind of extended jams and stuff like that he was another one who kind of almost maybe like a keith moonish style like you know rolls of of fills and this kind of like lyrical drumming sort of style but still was able to meet and potatoes when it called for it you know he had like a really nice balance kind of of like what everybody was doing you know yeah um i love uh like uh dreams of milk and honey for his drum fills on there like yeah. so some of my favorite stuff to listen even to. um oh what's the song uh, dun, 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 yeah i know dun, it's it's down. called uh don't don't look back never or something yeah. like that don't look around don't look around because i'm never coming back that like he does like it's so and it's just that that constant sort of hit on the kick and then just the crazy tom work around it and stuff it's like it's just full charged, you know. Like, yeah, it's, it's so kind of he kind of was like a um, ginger baker that wasn't so ginger bakery. Right? Yeah, it, he it, wasn't it was, an asshole. It was a, it, well, it was a bit more, <laughs> bit more groovy. I don't know. I don't know bit, anything. Bit, about bit more groovy. Personal life, but like definitely a heavy ginger baker influence. Yeah, but um, so yeah, so Jeffrey, you got somebody? Corky Lang. Yeah, um, I'm gonna take him. Um, Luke might. Luke knows who I'm talking about. Jody Stevens from Big Star. That was definitely on my who, list. Um, very Big Star, very underrated out, uh, band from the 70s. And Jody Stevens' style was his, um, like, Ringo Starr and Charlie Watts and uh, simple and tasteful and fit the song and 
fills were very melodic and I feel like uh, um his drumming for like personally is like what I would try to emulate every time yeah. like I would play the drums um the the fills um mm-hmm. on uh, um, uh oh my soul mm-hmm. some of the best sounding fills and he's also got that great like shuffle beat on that tune yeah. um I just lo- love every everything mm-hmm. and his drum sound too yeah he like had he, that dead late Beatles, Ringo, kind of thuddy, yeah, dampened. It, it, and, it's so yeah. Ringo-y, but not Ringo-y. Right. It's like a right-handed Ringo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really, though. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> um, also, like, the way he hits or lets the symbols like, lay on stuff. Yeah. Like, he's, he'll hit, like, a cymbal hit, and it'll really, like, st- sit in the mix for a long time. Mm. It's, like, I, I just really love all of his drum work. It's so original-sounding, mm. and even like when they were especially when they were working like if you listen to like live stuff when they're working like a three piece he's like doing extra stuff to like really fit and fill the sound on like a power pop tune i just really yeah that was a great great one that was definitely when i thought of one of my favorite drum sounds too yeah and and he was kind of a keith moon style where sometimes he'd do a fill and it'd be like a little rushed or a little behind but then he would he would like come back in perfectly so it kind of had this like own trademark like his own voice on the drums mm. which i think is important because a lot you know you can watch youtube videos all day you can see people like you, you close your eyes you can't tell who's playing because they play every style but when you have your own distinct thing i think it's cooler yeah i feel like his like you're right like the fill work he does is mm-hmm. what is so distinct about his yeah. drumming it's very yeah very different very cool mm-hmm. highly recommended number one record radio city big star big star uh Carmine of Peace. Oh, I literally have him pulled up right now. From the Vanilla Fudge. The Vanilla the Vanilla Fudge. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Delicious. Cactus. Cactus. Beck um, Bogart of Peace. Yes. Rod uh, Stewart. I would say the original John Bonham, heavy. Yeah. So heavy. Um, if you want to look up like probably his best performance in my opinion, it's on the Ed Sullivan show. Keep yeah, they uh, it's uh, keep me hanging on. Yeah. Um, the drums are some of like the best drums. He's doing all like the cool like drummer like drumstick tricks. He's like spinning everything, and he's like <laughs> yeah. hitting the cymbals so ridiculously. And he's like, it gets me so into it. Um, and then when it breaks in, he plays like a John Bonham beat like two years before it's time. Um, it's got the um the triplets on the bass drum, the all that great stuff. He like invented the triplet on the you know doubling on the bass drum kind of thing in a really clear, articulate way that wasn't sloppy. Um, just so heavy, like the first heavy, heavy, heavy ass drummer. Also, yeah. Vanilla Fudge is one of the most influential bands. I don't think maybe in this time and age, like a lot of people don't understand why they were so influential, but like how many heavy psych covers were done after that band made an album of all heavy psych covers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll bridge that and go to his brother, Vinny, who kind of became more famous well, in the eighties. eighties guy. No, but listen, he was, he was on the first three Rick Derringer albums, all in, that came out in the mid seventies. Don't forget Rick Derringer. All how right. Dare and you. he also played how for John. Dare we are Ringer talking about you. the best drummers of all time. And you're telling me that you listen to a Rick, <laughs> Rick Derringer, Derringer records solo. for the goddamn drums. Um, I mean, I listen, don't, I'm, don't yuck, don't yuck my, yuck. I'm, 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 I'm
<laughs> no, all right. Well, Vin- yeah, Vinny Peace. He's you know. This is a real. Uh, we shot you down. He's cool. All right. Anyway, bang, I'll go. Bang. I'll go with my no, next one. Jesus. He's going with his gut. Uh, no, Buddy Miles was actually going to be my next. My next. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've a much better drummer. Yeah. I, well, I just wanted to mention. I wanted to mention him just because you know you mentioned Carmine, so I wanted Very to fair. just like shout the, it out the, as an honorable mention. The Jim Belushi of drums. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Jimmy Ray Vaughn, if you will. Jimmy. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, jeez, sweet Jesus. Oh, yeah, no, Jesus. Buddy Miles, uh, just fantastic soul drummer. Another Hendrix Fa- band drummer. Yeah, famously played with uh, Band of Gypsies, and I think he also played with Santana as well. Uh, but he was also in the... Uh, he did a, a horrible live oh. record with Santana, if you've ever heard it. Did he? I didn't actually listen to it. It's got canned audience. Oh, let me tell you, I've listened oh, to it. Nice. It's got canned audience noise on the whole thing. It sounds it. like shit. It, I think half it's done in the studio. I'm sorry. Um... Well, I just would like to do a sidebar real quick. Fun fact about sidebar. Buddy Miles is he is one of the California Raisins. Yes. Oh, nice. He, is, he is the California Raisins. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, he was the voice vocals. of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, also played with uh, the Electric Flag, which, oh, sure. you know, I do love the Electric Flag that uh, Mike Bloomfield was the guitar player for, for that band. And uh, there was a Record Store Day release. How many years ago now was it? I can't quite remember. Was it three or four or ten? Yeah, I can't. I can't quite remember. Um, Time's a construct. But um, yeah, it's fine. But yeah, it. Um, Buddy Miles. Buddy Miles. <laughs> but, Buddy Miles. If Buddy you want to listen to a singing drummer, another yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Them changes. Them um, changes. A lot of people don't like his drumming on the Band of Gypsies record, but I love it. Oh, it's, it's my favorite. Me like, too. I. I um, I mean, I love Mitch Mitchell, of course, but it's interesting to hear Buddy Miles because he's such a different type of a drummer than Mitch Mitchell. To hear that, I mean, and then you have Billy Cox and Band of Gypsies versus Noel Redding in the original experience, but yeah. Now, um, I love um, he does a great cover of Neil Young's uh, "Down by the River." Oh yeah, too, that he plays guitar on. Yeah. Um, I I love Buddy Miles. He's one of my favorites. It's like fat back beats. Um, that video of him playing Mary Had a Little Lamb with um, Jack. It's Jack Bruce, Buddy Jack Miles Bruce. on drums, and uh, Buddy uh, Guy on guitar. Yes. This is one of my favorites. Amazing. He does this. This one part where he does like this snare, like, and he like looks up at him. It's, it's, it's cool to see them having this sort of musical conversation. That's one of the videos. I can't even tell you how many times me and Michael have watched that YouTube video together. It's oh, a lot. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's definitely a lot. Um, but his father. Uh, played for um, he played his father played upright bass for Duke Ellington Count Basie Charlie Parker Dexter Gordon um, so musical family obviously <laughs> you know what I mean but uh, but yeah incredible drummer like I said just pure power and R&B type feel like everything I love everything about Buddy Miles so with the power of soul yeah man anything is possible um, someone from the 70s uh, maybe some late 60s too who played on a lot of stuff um, unfortunately convicted murderer Jim Gordon who uh, played in, in Derek and the Dominoes oh, yeah. and played on All Things Must Pass whoa and, Jim Gordon's a convicted murderer uh, yeah he Sad. he had he has he's still alive I believe he's in his mid 70s um, he had a psych, uh, schizophrenic meltdown episode um in the early 80s, and he killed his mom. Oh, that's very So he was sentenced to, like, 16 years to life in yeah, psychiatric care or something. Wow. And he's still in, uh, incarcerated in some system. But anyway, Jim Gordon um, played on 
Layla and other sort of love songs. He played on All Things Must Pass. He played on Eric uh, Eric Crapton's first solo album. He played on. He was the drummer on Eric Crapton. He was the drummer on almost every song on Steely Dan's Pretzel Logic. Um, yeah, so he played with everybody in the early '70s, and then he had mental health issues, and um, he is awarded the state for the last 40 ish years so i did oh, not man. know that and I, yeah i didn't know that i until knew all I the was, work he played on that un- you were saying but i was like I until i went deep on steely dan i i looked up and i was like oh shit because he was i don't even think he was 40 when that happened he was probably 36 37 yeah and, huh? jeez yeah i did not know about that mental health man talk to someone get yeah. help well he was hearing voices apparently yeah i mean and Unfortunately, you got to think if you're kind of like the go-to session guy for every big thing for a five-year period, you're probably in the world of some drugs and partying and all that stuff. So Yeah. I mean, he played on Which a it lot exasperates of stuff, things. Though. Holy crap. Yeah, and I'm looking at like what he was things. on. I mean, from Well, yeah, The Birds, The Carpenters, Share. Let's talk about his counterpart. Everly Brothers, Jim uh yeah. Donovan, Dr. John. I feel like J- if Jim Gordon had like a counterpart, it's Jim Keltner. Another oh, yeah. great hand in hand. Uh, he's still kicking it. He's still playing on stuff. Yeah, he played on some Connor Oberst albums yeah. a couple years ago. I remember that. Go to session guy, Jim Keltner, played on Knocking on Heaven's Door, Bob Dylan. Josie, I think, was the track he played on <laughs> Steely Dance Asia. Oh, really? Yeah. That's him? Yeah. Oh, see, see. Uh, uh, Dark Horse, Carly Simon, uh, yeah. James Taylor. Yeah. Tasteful, subtle, um, yeah, a, a ver- like a, a a true professional. Also, the Wilburys yeah. drummer, Trevor oh, Wilburys. Oh, right, yeah, mm. yeah. He's like a because he played. He might have played. I think he was one of the drummers on Mad Dogs and Englishmen too. Yes, possibly. yes, you are correct. Yeah. And yep. bank concert for Bangladesh, probably he was yes. on there. And yeah, yeah, man. Mad I Dogs just watched a video with him in it playing, and he's like. He's at least in his mid seventies. He's like he's on so much stuff, and he's yeah. he's so cla- he's like so classy. One of yeah. the classiest, classiest dudes. Yeah, mm. I, I love it. Uh, I'll do a a big name drop. Uh, Nick Mason, can't oh, forget oh, about yeah. him. Pink Floyd. I almost did. Yeah, another I, I almost did. Another drummer who you know definitely like serviced the song would give you nice tasty fills when they called for it but also knew when to just kind of like just play a subtle slow has any drummer literally made more money per drum hit than nick mason (laughs) because you gotta think they're like on private yachts and shit in the late 70s and he plays like 40 hits on each song yeah there's such such (laughs) sparse and yeah but but perfect like the drumming is what it it doesn't knock you out of the mood of the whole thing. It like just keeps the box of it going. And not for yeah. nothing, you know. Yeah. Obviously, like fast and intricate drumming is very impressive. Yeah. But let me tell you, mm. slow, slow and slow is really hard, man. Yeah. Like it is stupid hard to play, yeah. like as to like to some of the slow tempos back then with no in ears no click track that yeah. you're playing to yeah and just holding it holding a slow tempo mm. down uh that yeah. could get knocked off that could go bad us so quick. and them <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god um the drumming uh live at uh 
what the heck's that? Oh, Pompeii. Yeah, yeah. The, the drumming. Oh, yeah. The drumming in that uh, with the echoes. Off. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're doing some definite show off. There's some great, yeah. like, if, if like more aggressive fills in that. Yeah. Um, He's just, his the way he, yeah. again, phrases his fills. Yeah. Very original. Slowed up. Has time. Let's, let's all the fills breathe and then comes right. You know? He's kind of like, honestly, he's like. <laughs> Like if Michael Jordan only took bank shots, yes. <laughs> you know, like because Nick Mason can play anything. He shows off on on that that he could play with the you know Ginger Baker, Mitch Mitchell style. Yeah, but he, the job that wasn't the job. Yeah. Exactly, man. That's you know, more and more mm. like I do like messy, sloppy, out all over the place drummers. But like when you have one that's like so tight in line, yeah. just doing it. You know what I mean? It's touch feel. It's hard to argue with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite drummers, uh, studio session player, played with everybody from uh, Aretha Franklin to Nina Simone to Steely Dan, Bernard Purdy. Um, he's still kicking it. I think he's like <sighs> late 80s, maybe. He's fucking I think up he, there. I think he might also be like still playing the most recorded drummer. Possibly. Yeah. If not, I think he's like the most charted drummer. Yeah, like if you don't know Bernard Purdy, and I didn't, I didn't know of him until five, six years ago. If you just watch like a YouTube video of like his greatest just grooves, you'll be like, holy shit, he played f- with fucking everybody through the mid '60s, all the way through the '70s, all the way to today. Honestly, also like has his own drum beat named after him, yeah. the Purdy <laughs> Shuffle. Like n- not many people have their own drum beat yeah. named after them it's like you and bo diddley <laughs> yeah and bo diddley's yeah. not even a drummer but you know but, but he played he played i think he was the drummer on it's a man's 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 world james brown the studio version of that song um bernard yeah. purdy tasty not bo diddley watch a video of him playing today not bo diddley that's you'll, confused and you'll be like holy shit this dude's like 88 years old yeah, and, crazy. Um, I love that Drumeo video of him where he's talking about like how if you do not wear rubber-soled shoes and play the drums, you gotta get you gotta get those that slippery, hard, yeah, hard, hard slippery. bottoms. He's like, because they slip, you know, and yeah. you just. And it, but he's talking, and you're like, yeah, you are right, but no. <laughs> yeah, I love I love his stuff, and yeah, just. Um, I love studio drummers because it's just like drums is such a complicated instrument because you have so many options because, you know, you figure you got bass drum, hi-hat, snare, tom, 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 simple, simple, simple. You have like 12 pieces you could play and everything has its own space and own own sonic space. And when you really are, are a master and you can just kind of like kind of like fit so seamlessly where you don't even notice what the drums are unless right. you're locking into it. Like to go full full circle, like that's the key to the Charlie Watts stuff, and that's the key to any good drummer. Is if you're into drums or you really want to be feeling out the beat, you can easily. But if you just want to lay back and listen to the song, the the drums should just like p- exist. Right, yeah. and the thing you're saying too, even like I like what you're saying too, to say like the studio musician, like sometimes it's it's integral, like in a Keith Moon sense, where you need mm-hmm. like that craziness and that's yeah. like what that calls for all the time but i like what you're saying where you're like the <clears throat> the studio guys are so they're chameleons up to whatever right, you're doing right. where you're right. just like you wouldn't you know know yeah. that was keith moon but if you put keith moon on a session mm-hmm. you would be like 
yeah, that's Keith Moon. Right. Because you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, another session drummer, uh, Hal Blaney, I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Uh, part of the Wrecking Crew, played yeah. a lot of Beach Boys hits. Um, you know, the snare drum, and w- uh, wouldn't it be nice? The first guy <laughs> who, who played with, like, seven toms. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, no way. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had, like, a crazy drum set. Also, um, he had the drums where it kind of looks like it's dripping. You know, like, where oh, it's like yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. box kit. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, like the melted kick, kick yeah, drum yeah. looking one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He would play like those oh, toms no where shit. they, cause yeah. he had like a six inch to like an 18 inch <laughs> toms. He had like a nine tom. That would be Luke's favorite kit if it was yeah. all just snares instead yeah. of toms. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me. I have, I, I got three snares now. I can really do something. Stick, ar- <laughs> stick can, around. Um, I, can, I can finally start playing. I to got be three a, snares. Soon to be announced Luke's uh, all snare drum solo album called Ensnared. <laughs> I really am like wanting because I have like I have like all the hardware now where I could set up like three kits like si- like in each other. So I kind of was thinking about doing oh, it. Yeah. Oh my god, three snare drums, be eight bad. toms. Um, be bad. Uh, another one I wanted to mention too. Um, you can't talk about drummers without talking about Neil Peart. You know, yeah, a classic. 70s, you're right. A classic. R.I.P. He was 70s. And I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, 80s. Uh, 70s into 80s is kind of like he's the a time. 70, he's a 70s. But to me, he's a 70s guy for 20, just for 2112. And I love that yeah. run. I, I love the run of like 2112, A Farewell to King's Hemispheres. And then we get into Permanent Waves and Moving Pictures. 80s. But for me, yeah. it's like, I mean, the first Rush album is probably my favorite one, which is not Neil Peart. But. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fly by night through to hemispheres. That chunk of rush for me, that late seventies chunk of rush, is amazing. Not amazing, a singing amazing. drummer, but a writing drummer, oh, which is lyricist. very yeah. strange. Yeah, him and Bill Ward. Bill Ward, they were yeah, the lyr- lyricist. Drummer. Uh, no, uh, Geezer no, Butler. Geezer Butler. Geezer Butler. I misspoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut, cut it. Fair enough. Cut. Fair enough. <laughs> Don't make me look bad. Cut it out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, like, you know, there's a reason why there's videos of people like air drumming to Neil Peart. You know what I mean? Because he just yeah. has like these sort of iconic fills and everything. And those those sorts of things wouldn't happen until, you know, like probably like 80s rush. But, um, uh, but just, yeah, but 2112, you got the fucking 18 minute 2112 suite. Yeah, the suite, which yeah. is great. Yeah. And the meek will inherit the earth. <laughs> We don't have the money for this. <laughs> Do Canadians sue? They probably still. No, they don't. They'd be like, it'd really, really be nice if you don't sing our songs on your podcast. Eh? Um, I, I shout th- out to our Canadian I, listeners. I want to mention. We love you. The singing drummer. The singing drummer. More of a singer who is also a drummer that a lot of people don't realize is a drummer. Stevie Wonder. Oh yeah, that was another one I was gonna Who's, say. Oh, dude, forgot. especially on Summer of Soul, that documentary. There's footage of him playing drums and singing, and it's just yeah. like, wait, what? Like what? Stevie Wonder on all his classic stuff, he was the drummer, and um, he played pretty much every instrument on all those studio things, and just yeah, feel yeah. feel. Uh, time is not a thing. Time on is Ste- but an illusion <laughs> on Stevie Wonder's drums. He is not centered on a one. Nah. He's just playing. Uh, like it's so yeah. it's the most liquidy drums yeah. of all i love how like like just um maybe your baby mm-hmm. on a, a off talking book yeah. like that tune is all over the place like tempo wise and it's just like always in time and it's just yeah. or, with what he's playing and, and the key was he was great live like you know in concert he would show off that he could play every single instrument on stage basically but in the studio the key was 
he would sit and he'd do a whole track of just the hi-hats. So the hi-hats is not this robotic repeating things like second 17 to 32 to minute and 15. Like it could be the same phrase and he can plays it completely different. And uh, yeah, just feel and just very, uh, yeah, the beats just coming out of his brain and just putting it to tape. And yeah. Some of my favorite is like a too high off yeah. of intervisions. Like the drums on that track are so good. Yeah. What's the one I, uh, it's got the, on too high though. It does like the, I'm thinking of there's, there's some off of that period. Yeah. That one's really good. Um, yeah. All of the drumming, honestly. Yeah. Very good. Super impressive. Do you want to, uh, since we kind of, we kind of talked like a lot of drummers here, right? Yeah. Do want to talk some, do we have like any drummers that like, you're just like, I hate that drummer. Any, any, any Lars crap? Ulrich? No, it was talking <laughs> 60s and 70s. 60s and 70s. Oh, oh, oh. We got any drummers where we were like, yeah. Was no. Laura, when, when, when was Lars Ulrich born? <laughs> was 60s. It like six, yeah. So, so fuck <laughs> Lars. Like, <laughs> 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 he was playing tennis. I hated him even when he wasn't playing drums. <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to think of like. Ones people. I hate. Well, I don't really listen to music that I hate. But right. I already stated, I think Ginger Baker's drumming, it doesn't really do anything for me, honestly. Yeah. But also, I mean, but I got to take a step back and be honest. Like, I just don't like Cream. Yeah. There's very few Cream songs I even am into. and Yeah. It's like a whole period. It's kind of like, I I like The Doors more than I like Cream, but like those bands are so tied to that, like three years. Yeah. And I mean, just, like, well, I also shout out to Don, John Densmore. Oh, yeah, As he's a drummer. good drummer. Yeah. Good drummer. Honorable mentions real quick, maybe, yeah, while we're thinking of drummers like. we don't like. Shout out Mick Fleetwood. Oh, sure. Oh, Mick Fleetwood, solid-ass Mick drummer. Fleetwood. Uh, um, Tommy Ramone. Sure. Looks wearing the Ramone shirt over here. Tommy Ramone. Uh, I mean, master of, like, just pure Full speed. Full chart, yeah. like Pure speed. I mean, when you listen to um, the live record. Was he on the live record? Live at last, yes. Yes. Uh, last record. It's, it's like... Uh, I don't even understand how he has that kind of stamina to be able to just five, two, three, four, into the next song. And it's just like that over and over and over and over again. Honorable mentions. Uh, I, think. I got a hater. What's that? I hate, hate I hate the drums for the dead. I can't stand them. Bill Critzwell and yep, it was yeah. Mick, Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart. They don't do anything Kurtzman. for me. They don't do anything for me. No? Nope. I, al- I often find them like lazy and like meh and like. Milk toast for me, man. That just doesn't do it for me. I, and I like the dead, but it just doesn't do it. I mean, I I, to, I mean, I like some dead, but it just doesn't do it for me. I don't know what it is. I mean, you're talking to a guy that doesn't do anything for him. <laughs> too sleepy. I don't know. I just it really doesn't yeah. absolutely like almost nothing for me. So that's... I'm trying to I'm trying to do some research over here and find lists of the worst drummers. Oh my god! Um, but none of them are. I always hate list of worst drummers because they always stick Meg White on that list. No, I and... literally just scrolled down and I see and Meg, Meg White, White is one drummer. of the greatest yeah. drummers because if you put any great drummer with just a guitar, none of them can do it because yeah. they always have too much ego uh, involved Charlie in what Watts they're doing. Charlie Watts is on this list. Yeah, see, fuck that list. Yeah, but they do have Lars Ulrich, so. Well, they got something right. <laughs> <laughs> At least they got something right. They always stick Meg um, White on there. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I I was I was researching a lot of the positives. I can't even think of drummers I don't like. I was just, I was just throwing it out there. I was like, just to have there, some just, fun. You know, right, yeah, right. someone like yeah. you, you're like, oh, man, I can't stand it. I mean, 
to be real, Keith Moon's another one where yeah. I, I appreciate, but it's just a little too out of control for me. Yeah. But also, again, the, I'm not that into The Who. I yeah. like, you know, I like the 10, 10 to 20 songs I like. and I counted my Who records yesterday. I think I'm at like, tw- like with like solo stuff, I think I'm at like almost 30. Good Lord. I have so much Who. I'm like a giant Who fan. Oh, uh, too, too Who. Yeah. Too Ooh. much Who. Boo Who. Boo Who. Peter Ooh. Chris. Shout out to Peter Chris. See, is Peter, is <laughs> Peter, drummer, is Peter Chris a good drummer? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I like it. But that's another one. I like, I like it. Um, the, dr- <laughs> the drum break and um, rock and roll all night. Kind of yeah, iconic. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know, good drum break. It's just fantastic for what I'm looking at right now because every single list is kind of mix and match between yeah. people's opinions. And yet every single time Meg- Mars Ulrich comes up. <laughs> I was going to say. And Meg White, too. Yep. Meg White. But you know what? I could name like a five Meg White drum beats that I really love. Like, My Doorbell yeah. is really, really yeah, good. Like, Dead Leaves and the Dirty Ground is another crazy good drum beat. Because yeah, it's, it's not, you're not listening to Neil Peart, man. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. It's I not just. That's the point of the music. Yes. Right, exactly. It's yes. supposed to be sort of this, like, kind of like disjointed, sort of like. Rock and roll, man. Start stoppy kind of. Start stoppy kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah, no, 60s and 70s drummers. Yeah, so there there's you go. a lot of great ones. I think we brought up a lot quite, of a few, quite a few, quite a few. Yes. Yeah. We'll have to do, we'll have to do uh, round. Well, might m- might do another another drum round. Maybe we could do a drum roll. Eighties, nineties. Eighties, nineties. You know who yeah. I'm surprised you did not say? Uh, Roger Taylor for Queen. Oh, I didn't even think about it. God uh, damn. And also, yeah. singing, honorable mention. Also, singing drummer. Honorable, very the highest honors to <laughs> highest honors to the yeah. Queen. Roger Taylor. I, I didn't even I think about definitely, it. Definitely, I was like coming here today, and I was like, he's going to say Here's Roger the thing, Taylor. man. I, I'm like entering that old man phase of my life, and I love Queen so much, but in the last like two years since that movie came out, everybody loves Queen. And I yeah. I still carry the flag, but I also I, I don't think I've listened to Queen in six months because I just got heard every heard all the greatest hits for that like six-month period when that movie came out. Yeah. Dude, I'm Rocket Man out. I cannot watch that movie one more time. That movie I was don't. good. Oh, that it was, was it was a good movie. Yeah. It was way better than the Queen movie. Yeah, yeah, way better. Yeah, way for sure. better. For sure. But yeah, you're right. Roger Taylor. My apologies to Roger Taylor. I know you're listening out there. <laughs> he is. You are not forgiven, Jeff. I mean, if if I was making my list, I didn't even think about it again because Queen is just like not in my brain. But if I was making my list of period, my favorite drummers, he's definitely in the top 10. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you got to listen to like. Tenement Funster and uh, Dragon Attack. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, listen to Dragon Attack tonight, and you'll be like, "How was this not the biggest kiss? Uh, the biggest Queen song? It's <laughs> such a good song. It does sound like a Kiss song. Because it's like We Will Rock You meets um, Dragons, meets Dragons and Warlocks and shit. This is the it's thing. It's so though. good. He's the king of like like yeah. doing the open hi-hats while he does the kick drum yeah that's the roger taylor sound yeah um, my apologies the best thing about like jeff and queen was like when you were like yeah man queen's like a prog band and then like yeah. i'd been listening to greatest oh, hits queen the, for the, so long that yeah, if you do that they're not a prog band at all for you but then as soon as you listen to a full queen album yeah. you're like this is one of the goddamn proggiest bands that ever existed. Yeah. Like, I'm in love with my car and you dragon, like, yeah. you know, shit like that. Yeah. It's prog. I'm telling you, Send dragon it. attack. Play it tonight. It's off of the album Play the Game. 
So good. Uh, another shout out real quick. Se- late 70s, arguably 80s, but the first two albums came out in the, the late 70s. Stuart Copeland, the drummer for the He was Police. on my list. But, but yeah, more, he's more 80s. Yeah, like, I okay. think. Okay. Oh, uh, drummers I hate on, Stuart Copeland. I d- he's uh, a great drummer, but yeah? I, the style of the, drum, the drumming like he plays. It's like we get it. You're playing a reggae beat. You're does, a white guy playing a reggae beat. Yeah. It, so much I have. I can really appreciate that he's. A, a fantastic, great, yeah. amazing drummer. It just the style he plays does absolutely nothing for me at no. all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah good drummer. And yeah, I I had him on the list, and he is right at that seventies to eighties bridge. But the first, at least the first two Police albums were nineteen seventies. They were. Yes. Zenyatta Mondata might have been nineteen eighty. The third album. Uh, let me look here and say the first one is seventy seven. The second one is gonna be seventy eight. Ooh, wrong and wrong. Oh, the first one is seventy eight. Second one yeah. seventy nine. And then eighty, eighty one, eighty three. Yep. Come on, baby. I know my shit. Synchronicity. It's not to be confused with Scrantonicity. <laughs> Kevin Malone. Kevin Malone. Well, he's not sixty or seventies. <laughs> Kevin Malone. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Malone. Kevin Malone. I think we've um, I think we've ridden this train to its yeah, natural conclusion. Yes, indeed. So, either way, don't forget to like, subscribe, share the podcast with all your friends. R.I.P. Charlie Watts. R.I.P. to Charlie Watts. R.I.P. to Lee Scratch Perry. Uh, I feel like somebody else died, and I can't quite remember. Did we talk about Don Everly? He died. Recently. Don Everly. We did died. talk about Don Everly when it was her, during Hurricane Henri. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's about it. Tropical storm. Tropical storm on Ray. Thank you. It was, it was a hurricane. It, but it was a tropical storm in Hitland. Yeah. It was a light breeze. Yeah. It really wasn't that bad. No. We were in here the whole time thinking we might, might get electrocuted or have the tree Well, we do us. have a, a precariously placed fucking giant dead tree. It's listen, not dying. Listen, I talked dying. to Michael. I talked to I'm Michael. nursing it back to life. Michael, <laughs> Michael talked to the tree before the storm so it wouldn't fall. Yeah, yeah I go out there. Bitch. Listen, I go out there and I rub on Grandmother Maple and I say, listen... May your roots Mike, rub on her. Give her your, her dignity. Jesus, fucking Mike's you know over there painting with the colors of the wind. Why are you making me a pervert with a tree? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, it's because we love you. I know, and, <laughs> and I love and I love grandmother Maple. Grandmother, grandmother Maple. Deep down inside, I believe that the tree does respect you, and you know. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, because I respect her. You should tell the story about how uh, you hug trees one night. Yeah, I was on. <laughs> A lot a of psychedelic existence. Yeah, and it was a good time. We went to go see Shakedown Street oh. in New in New Haven, and then uh, we we Boogie welcome we welcome the morning in Westerly, in the uh, the exotic tree park. So shout out to Westerly, Rhode Island, for it's having a long ass drive. Yeah, well, we li- I lived in Westerly at the time. Yeah, it was a rough ride. I mean, I wasn't driving. <laughs> <laughs> I was in no state to be driving. Either was the driver. Let's be real, but I was worse off. I think. Anyway, that's that's not music related. Well, it, it is, I guess, in a way. But yeah, save the trees. So, this <laughs> and is, the bees and the bees. Uh, this has been getting the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I made Mike tell a story. He's gonna cut this out. No, no I'll leave it. In. Never cut it out. No, I'll leave it in. Leave it in. Anyway, until next time, guys. We love you. Have a good week. Catch you on the flippity flop. Adios. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, 
and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.